lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd Erzin is here with me, as well as Aaron McIntyre. And of course, you are you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You can access that by emailing the program Steve at SteveDace.com. D E A C E is how to spell the last name. We have roared back with some Facebook approved takes. Just, um, you know, I, I just felt like there was, I, I, I needed to go there on a, on a couple of uh, levels. So if you want to be lied to this morning, head over to our Facebook page, look for hashtag Facebook approved takes. You can also follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show and then look for me on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. And uh, I'll say again, because I'm continuing to get requests, which is good because it's that good. Um, the Peter McCullough talk that we broke down on Monday, it is linked. If you go to my feeds on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter, any of those places, just keep scrolling down. Uh, you will see a link to the actual presentation by McCullough uh, that is unfettered by our uh, our discussion about it. I, I would love to send you all the links that have asked me for one. It's unfortunately about 8,000 of you. I just don't have time for that. I'm sorry. I just don't. Okay. And then I kind of feel if I start sending it to a couple of you, I got to send it to everybody kind of thing, you know? So this is where, again, me, we parlor gab and getter is where you can get the link to that stuff. Uh, and, and, and a lot of the stuff that we don't want to post on Facebook for obvious reasons, because they just can't hack it. You'll find it in those places as well. You'll get clips of the show that YouTube can't hack. Uh, because they are hacks uh, that are free of censorship over at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. So don't even bother going to the other place. Just go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. If after a long day of earning a living and fighting the culture war, you like to have a nice glass of wine, go to our people and our friends over at Patriot Wine 2021 because they've got vineyards at around 9,000 feet making world-class 90-point wine there that are almost impossible to make here in the U.S. uh, with some of the best Malbec grapes in the world. Families that have been doing this for over 200 years, so they know what they're doing, and they have phenomenal red wines. We've all tried these ourselves, and we can all vouch for them. Uh, Incredible taste with notes of blackberry, dark cherry, leather, and smoke. Great with the steak. You can still, still warm enough to grill in much of the country right now. If you want to try it out, Some of the best wine you're ever going to have. Not loaded with chemicals and fillers, but loaded with great taste. Uh, 50% off for our audience today. No promo code necessary. You just need to go to PatriotWine2021.com. Again, get half off today at PatriotWine2021.com. By the way, we've got more of that coming, guys. So, hope you're looking forward to it. I've got... Absolutely. It's not here yet, but when it does, I will make sure each each of you two gets your share. Of the Patriot wine. In my mind, I'm already there. There you go. Great stuff. All right, coming up on the show today, we'll have three non-political questions, Theology Thursday, next hour. Uh, Next segment, we're going to talk to the author of a story at the Daily Wire that has blown up and has blown the lid off of what's going on in the Loudoun County School District in Virginia. So we'll talk to him at the bottom of the hour. But let's begin, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. 
What happened while we were away brought to you by Joe Rogan, who had notorious branch Covidian member and CNN medical contributor Sanjay Gupta on his podcast to discuss his and his network's stances on COVID lockdowns and ivermectin. The thing is, we're, we're, we're like going so fast. Like, I feel like I'm missing. I'm missing. Do you think I want that that's to... a problem that your news network not... lies? Well, I don't. I don't. Th- Dude, I mean, what did they say? They lied what and they said say? I was taking horse dewormer. First of all, it was prescribed to me by a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Shouldn't have said a it was horse. Of if, other if medications. Was, if you got a human pill, because there were people that were taking it, the veterinary medication, and I, you're not obviously. You got it from a doctor, so that it shouldn't be called that. Ivermectin can be a very effective medication. For parasitic disease, and as you say, it's probably, you know, I think, what, a quarter billion people have taken it around the world? More, I get that. Way more. So Way more. Can, Billions can, of people have taken it. Can I just come back to the one? I want to talk about I, two, No, no, two, no, no, two no, things no. on you the ledger. To, you have, before we get to that, does it bother you that the news network you work for out and out lied, well, just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer? They, they, they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. You didn't ask? You I didn't think that was did, your, you're the medical guy over there. I didn't ask. I should have asked before coming But they coming did it with podcast. such glee. No, Yes, Joe. they did. I watched. You're not worried about catching it because you've been vaccinated and you think it imparts a certain amount of protection. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying to you is I think that not worry is the same feeling that a lot of people have about their children. They're not worried about their healthy children catching it for the same reason you're not worried about catching it being vaccinated, that if treated correctly... They think that the child probably has a better chance even than you do because you're 51 years old. I, I think... Does I, that... I mean, they're, they're both... That bro- seems reasonable, right? Well, I think it's... I don't... I, I, I know the story but about you, this 53-year-old But you see guy. what I'm saying? Like with your well, attitude that you're not worried about catching it because you've been vaccinated and you're a healthy guy. I'm, that is the exact same feeling that people have about vaccinating their children. If they have healthy children and they know that statistically speaking, there's so few children that have died from COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there, there are. It's like, I think 500 or so children. Out of have millions died from, and millions and millions of kids. That probably have been exposed. Yeah. And, and, but, you know, it's, again, part of it is, is not defining this in terms of life and death. Um, I think but do you some, understand my point? Well, are you suggesting I get boosted? No, I'm not say? saying that. We're bringing back daily defiance for a day for someone who defied, defied, and defied some more, even to the point of arrest. 16-year-old Grace Smith of Wyoming was arrested last Thursday at her school after she refused to wear a mask on school grounds. A junior at Laramie High School, Smith, has faced three separate two-day suspensions over refusing to mask up before her arrest for trespassing for what she was given a $1,000 fine. Fox News interviewed Smith and her father recently. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. I wanted to go back to class just so I could learn, and I never thought that they would actually arrest me. It honestly really surprised me to see them put me in cuffs and take me to the jail. We're just appalled that through this whole process that nobody um, would step in and act on Grace's behalf and support her, her civil liberties um, that were guaranteed to her by the Constitution of Wyoming. I believe that every right that you feel is being infringed upon is worth fighting for. Checking in on Australia, where its citizens recently celebrated Freedom Day. Freedom as long as you're fully vaxxed. But checking proof of vaccination is hit and miss. The children's shops didn't ask us. They didn't. No. And I was very pleased to see that Kmart checked um, 
you know, that we've been vaccinated. Big stores like Kmart in Penrith have a full-blown check-in desk. Thank you very much, David Jones in town. JD Sports at Parramatta. Tweet from Australia's Courier Mail. If you are fully vaccinated against COVID, the next step to improve your immunity may be to actually catch the virus. Back stateside, a federal judge in Texas has halted United Airlines' vaccine mandate until relevant arguments of the airline and its employees can be heard. Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva went into more detail about why he's not mandating the vaccine to his workforce. I remember in 2020, the whole thing pre-vaccination was ICU bed capacity in ventilators. Then somehow once the vaccination became uh, available all of a sudden now we're not talking about ICUs anymore now it became emergency room and then after that now it's hospitalization so they're moving the goalposts but the at fact is we cannot impose a, a medical decision on each employee they, they're gonna have to make that decision themselves what about enforcing the county's vaccine mandated businesses which is is going to increase that's, in the weeks ahead that's going to be up to each business to enforce it and however they want to do it, that's great. So no if, you help get a from call, you. if you get a call, you're, you're not We will to... respond to a call if there's a business dispute, and we Got will it. obviously assist any business that is trying to enforce a mandate. But we're not going to become the vaccine police, not at all. That is okay. totally inappropriate. NBA player Kyrie Irving spoke out about why he's not getting vaccinated. All these people saying all these things about what's going on with me, and it's just not true. Pay attention to what's going on out in the real world. You know, people are losing their jobs to these mandates. Uh, people are having to make choices with their own lives, which I respect. You know, and, and I don't want to... Um, sit here and, and play on people's emotions either. Just use logic. Checking in on Donald Trump, who released a statement saying, quote, if we don't solve the presidential election fraud of 2020, which we have thoroughly and conclusively documented, Republicans will not be voting in 22 or 24. It's the single most important thing for Republicans to do, end quote. And finally, this presented without comment. Oh, parts, they're going to help kick this thing off. All right, guys, ready? In three, two, one. And that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> I had not seen that. <laughs> oh, that's great. The look on the reporter's and then the look face. on the reporter's face. Because I think he knows. Huh? Right? And he's like, am, am I supposed to acknowledge that? Or is it okay for me to like give the kid a thumbs up? Or Somebody uh, out there needs to give that kid a full ride. He should never buy him all the beers, but that's too early for him. But some, something. He... He stepped up into the breach. Yes. Award that young man. Yes. Uh, and we are we are lacking in breach steppers in this period yes. of time, which I will discuss here in a moment. Uh, hey, how much equity do you have in your home? Sounds like a personal question, right? Uh, well, don't find out for sure the hard way. Like when you go to access it, you go to use it and it's no longer there because cyber thieves have made you the latest victim of what is known as home title theft. They go online searching public databases for high equity homes because that's where a lot of our home titles are kept these days. They then forge your signature on what's called a quick claim deed to make it look like you've sold your home to them. And then they now start taking out loans against your equity. And often you don't find out about it until either you go to access it or Certain things start showing up in the mail you never want to see. Unfortunately, neither your homeowner's insurance or your mortgage lender can protect you 
But fortunately, our friends at Home Title Lock do exactly that. And right now, you can get a complete title history of your home. It's a $100 value. You can get a complete title history of your home at Home Title Lock for free if you register your address at HomeTitleLock.com just to make sure your home's title has not been tampered with and is still in the free and clear. $100 value for free today for you at HomeTitleLock.com. In the overtime today, we are we are coming to the fork in the road Yogi Berra once described. You come to a fork in the road, take it. We are coming to a fork in the road about the efficacy, quality, and danger of these vaccines. Northern seasonality is upon us now. We're in the opening five, ten minutes of that right now here where, where we live in, you know, on the eastern seaboard. <clears throat> and we are going to lay out for you, I'm going to give uh, those of you that are Blaze TV subscribers, I'm going to give you a preview of a thread I will be posting on Twitter later today. Looking at and essentially coalescing a lot of the data I have been posting recently because we are coming now to a definitive place for an answer in real time. And it's the it's the kind of answer that, that will be known. It will be known. It cannot be memory hold. It can be um, it, it can be a situation where people refuse to acknowledge it in how they respond, but it will be an outcome we will know, and it will be definitive. And I will explain it today in our overtime. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, I'll explain it on my Twitter feed later today too, but We'll give you, those of you that subscribe to us uh, on Blaze TV, we're going to give this to you first. And and then you'll get Todd and Aaron's ability to kind of ask questions that uh, about what I'll be taught, what I'll be posting later as well. All right. Because those follow up discussions often produce some of the the uh, some of the best meat on the bone at the exact same time. So go to blazetv.com slash dace. That's where you want to go today to become a Blaze TV subscriber. That's blazetv.com slash dace. Uh, also, um, that's where you'll go today um, to watch it. We'll record it for you right after the program, and then it will be uploaded for you to watch later today at blazetv.com slash dace. That's D-E-A-C-E. Let's get to the montage. So... It's it has it's been it's been fascinating to see some of the reaction to the pledge for a declaration of independence against COVID stand. You can still get that right now. By the way, go read it, and then if you believe in it, sign it and put your name on it with thousands of your fellow viewers and listeners to this program. Thousands of your fellow patriots. We're more than halfway to ten thousand people have signed this pledge. So so my goal is to see. Wow, Steve, I thought with your show you'd get more signers. If we had actually, if we if we had gotten more signers than this, I'd known that a lot of people really don't mean it. You have to, you know, I just mentioned we're coming to that fork in the road. We're gonna, we're coming to a revelation regarding these COVID vaccines. The moment is now upon us where we're going to get some questions answered and we're going to explain that in the overtime. The same is true, by the way, when it comes to us and COVID stand. Do we really mean it that we're not taking this anymore? 
Because, I mean, listen, I mean, if we had 100,000 people sign this thing already, and there's other shows here at The Blaze that could produce that, God bless them. Hope we're there one day. But we'd know, like, in a few weeks or months how many of those people really meant it, right? Mm-hmm. By the fact, how many kids are still wearing a mask in a school? I mean, the, the overwhelming majority of feedback I've gotten to our pledge at stevedace.com, which you can read, share, sign right now if you want. The overwhelming majority has been very, very positive and encouraging, and I appreciate that. I just have a tendency to focus on negative. It's just the way I'm wired. Whenever I ask Todd and Aaron for an assessment of how things are going with the show, I always tell them, start with the most negative. When people ask me uh, for analysis, I'm the Grim Reaper. I start at the most negative. I, I want to know what the worst case scenario for everything is so that I'm prepared for it. I don't like being blindsided and I don't like um, you know, having sunshine and rainbows blown up my keister. I don't like that either. So I just have a tendency to gravitate to the negative. And the negative responses I've seen, and again, it, it, I would say it's been like 85-15, overwhelmingly positive to the pledge. But it's been things like, you didn't give us any specific steps. The entire last portion and segment of that pledge are very specific steps. So, I mean, did you actually read it? Or... um you should have, you know, shown us how we could go to our politicians instead. I, I don't even know what to say to you folks. Like, I, I think you might be beyond help. I mean, we, we joke about the fact that there's just people sitting around watching Sean Hannity every night, waiting to vote themselves out of this year after year and decade after decade, because it almost seems like in the circles we run in, these people don't actually exist. Dude, he's got a million viewers a night. Some those people must exist somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Sean Hannity going home to a bigger home than we're going home. The three of us are going home to tonight. A couple of homes. Yeah, probably. a couple of them probably. All right. I mean, so clearly there's there 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 is somewhere out there a large segment of people who really believe, contrary to what they have lived through for the last thirty plus years, that tonight when they turn Hannity on, Lindsey Graham's going to get to the bottom of it. They, I mean, that these people exist somewhere, right? Lots of them. Now, I had thought maybe I had driven them totally out of our audience because I have been trying to for many a year. I mean, to me, I don't, I don't offer a jizya. Convert or get the hell out of here. That's kind of my position on this stuff. Just convert or get the hell out. I'm, and I'm not here to entertain you on any level with this stuff. I don't have time. It's so dumb and our way of life is dying and my kids are about to inherit this mess. So no. All but like three shows on Fox will pet you with that lie. Go there. Watch that crap. And apparently there's a massive audience for it. That a lot of people really believe just sitting around here until next November and getting to vote for Kevin McCarthy for House Speaker is is salvation. I was I'm I'm surprised there are still people in this audience who think like that. We have to completely and totally remove that programming if we're going to be successful. 110 people in an upper room, 56 signers to a declaration of independence. Give me Gideon's 300 of men who slurped the water out of the pond. Give me, just give me, give me Navy SEALs, culture warrior Navy SEALs who are actually committed to action over the multitudes. I won't get rich. I won't get rich broadcasting the Navy SEALs. That is true. I can still actually learn this year, make a pretty good living at it, but I'm not going to get rich broadcasting for the Navy SEALs of the culture war. But I think I've got a much higher odd of winning the culture war. If I do, if I equip those people, then just try to reach the multitudes who just want clickbait and think they can vote their way out of this. Fair? 
fair because that's the way things tend to have always been throughout history. Yes, indeed. So given the size of our audience, if we could get 10,000 people really committed to, to sign that pledge, and we're more than halfway there right now, then to me, a couple dozen people in like in every single state in the country, and then it, then you reach another couple dozen people, and you reach another couple dozen people, and now now you're a movement. So I have to ask just for pure accountability. If you live in the state of Wyoming and you're listening right now, did you sign our pledge? If you did, do you have school-aged children? Did you send them to school with a mask today? If so, I hope you're ashamed that you see this teenage girl, particularly if you're a man, you should be ashamed. You should be ashamed as a husband and a father. Ashamed. I'll just say it. Ashamed. Again, I don't have time. I don't, I don't really have a disposition for pussyfooting around anyway. We're out of time, guys. Out of time. Right now. Out of time. We're currently debating, can I breathe and can I force them to inject an experimental technology that they really can't explain and don't really know if it really works over and over again into my body in order for me to be a free citizen. Out of time. I have no more time for please and thank you. I'm sorry. Here's what I have time for. If you're a dad in Wyoming and you signed my pledge and you sent your kid to school with a mask today, you should be ashamed. That teenage girl that Aaron showed you should be shaming you right now. Forget the pledge. You violated the dude code. Are you kidding me? Wyoming, if you guys like see a Democrat, don't you like call 911? You, You guys call like immigration and naturalization services. We found a Democrat. It's Wyoming. And it's one teenage girl against the masquerade. God bless her. And boy, her old man obviously has done a very good job. Where are the rest of the daddies? I'm hearing from a rising tide of you within my email inbox. You're growing tired of being shamed. I'm growing tired of having to shame you. I don't know what you want because I'm not sure you do. Do what do what price do you think was paid for you to have the freedoms and liberties you're losing now? What do you think they did on those beaches? What do you think they did on those plantations? What do you think they did with redcoats on those farms? What do you think occurred there? Disputations. They blogged. The red checks versus the blue checks. They podcasted. They clicked on a really witty headline. They put Lindsey Graham on Fox tonight to get to the bottom of it. What what do you think went on there? What prices do you think previous generations had to pay? To give us the freedoms and liberties, we're losing. Is it too much to ask in return? I'm not asking for Antietam, Bunker Hill, 
But our ancestors are like, could y'all not put a hijab on your kids? Can we just start with that? Let's just start with that. Let's not put a hijab on your kids for the state. Let's not do that. Because they don't work. And they're terrible for your kids' immune system and self-esteem and self-worth. And they make them and they're conditioning them to be good little apparatchiks for the future. I'm sorry. I... I just don't know how else to communicate this. Maybe maybe the Blaze can bring someone else here from noon to two that can be nicer to you while also telling you what it will take to defeat this. I don't know of a way. I'm not capable of it. So I only know how to do this and maybe we'll just lose our audience and go do something else. Again, as I've told you since the 2016 election, if I think I'm right, I'm totally okay with this and you won't change my mind one way or the other. No matter how many emails emails I get. Especially when they pile up and they increasingly get soft-headed. Folks, do we understand what we are up against? I mean, do we really understand this? Did you see what Joe Rogan, in between 17 F-bombs and all the tats and the 40-inch pythons, Do you see what he did to CNN's chief medical expert? He reduced him to a pile of ash. Because these people aren't experts. They're they're test dummies for the Marxist spirit of the age. Who is the muse. Who pulls the string and the dummy opens its mouth. This dummy just happens to be called Sanjay Gupta. The other dummy over there is called Anderson Cooper. This dummy over here is called Anthony Fauci. We aren't up against the smart kids, guys. And we certainly aren't up against the badasses here, okay? So there's really no reason to be afraid. But it is going to take a little bit more of a confrontational posture than I posted in the comment section on Ben Shapiro's blog. Or I listened to Glenn Beck today. Or I shared a Steve Day's tweet. Or I bought, I bought Mark Levin's latest brilliant best-selling book. It, it, we're not up against the till of the hunt here, guys. We're not up against Redcoats. Sure as hell ain't up against a general of the caliber of Robert E. Lee or Erwin Rommel. But it's it's gonna take just a little bit more than I clicked on a pledge and bought a book and shared a link. It's it's gonna take a little more. We can do this, but we have to be the ones that do it. They're never sending you an all clear, not even in Wyoming. It's never coming. You will declare the all clear. You will. You will declare it. When four or five people try to walk into a classroom at a university like Texas A&M or Iowa, 
might be easy to corral them and make them wear masks. But when 50,000 of them storm a football field all at the same time, Karen has no shot to enforce her little um, her little erotic fetish for authoritarianism um, up against that level of multitude, does she? No. No. That's what I mean. That's what the pledge means. We're gonna, it, it's going to take at least a little. Praise God, man. We don't have to watch our farms burn like the, like the colonial founders did. Yet. Now, it yet will be what will happen if we don't do what I'm talking about. Yes. That, these, that it's not in the fields of our plantations and our cities that, watch, that are watching blood th- strewn through the streets while they burn to the ground like in the Civil War. Yet. Yet. Yeah. We're not up against kamikaze grandmothers on Japanese islands no one can pronounce. Yet. Yet. Praise God, we're not there. Yet. But we're going to get there, sadly, if we don't do this now. I don't want to get there. I Hey, I like being a little chubby. I like spending nine hours a day on a Saturday watching college football. I like looking forward to the commercial break so I can watch the new trailer for The Batman, right? I like the fact that we're casting our nefarious movie that starts shooting in a month. I love this place. I love it. I don't want to lose it. I don't want to get to yet. Can I make that perfectly clear? I don't want to get to yet. We are going to get to yet. If we keep saying not yet, we're going to get there. And that'll preach right there. No more single moms. They might even be married, but I mean single by themselves at the right aid by themselves. No more. No more one teenage girl. No. Where are the men? Just got an email alert from our friends over at Built Bar. A massive sale going on right now. Uh, if you are on their email list, you got the early bird uh, warning. Uh, so you get first dibs. That's why you want to get on the list. So that you don't miss out when they have massive sales of the absolute best protein bar of all time. They don't call it a candy bar, but boy, does it actually taste and have the texture of one. So I like to call it the most nutritious candy bar you're ever going to try as well. So many amazing flavors, all of them covered in real chocolate, loaded with flavor and taste, not loaded with sugar, carbs, calories. You cannot beat it. If you want to try it now, use my last name, Dace, as your promo code for Built Bar at Built.com, B-U-I-L-T. That is the website at Built.com. Again, use my last name, Dace, as your promo code for 15% off at Built.com. Just a quick follow-up to the conversation we were just having. Very quickly, because I want as many people as possible to hear the story that we're about to talk about. I I I want you to be encouraged that this can be done. You were just telling me during the break about what's going on at the Denver airport. I believe Denver next to Atlanta is this is the most bu- is the busiest airport in America now. It's it's high up on the list. Yes. What's the story? What's been going on there? Well, in uh, one of their uh, terminals, there uh, one owner owns five different restaurants in that terminal mm-hmm. and made a vaccine mandate 
yeah, and gave them the date. I believe November 1st was the deadline. Either you get vaccinated uh, or you're uh, out of a job. Well, they didn't wait that long, the people that work for them. And it's not people with a huge nest egg. These people work paycheck to paycheck. The busboys, the dishwashers, um, the hostesses, those kinds of people all got together and they said, yeah, that's not going. And they just didn't show up to work right then and there. And none of those restaurants in C-Terminal opened up. And sure enough, I don't know what happened, who complained, what happened to what, but I do know that the vaccine mandate was pulled back by that owner. Look at these guys did it. They don't have PhDs. The busboys and the dishwashers took our damn country back. Why can't you? That's what what they do. They got together. I understand being one person against a system is difficult. We're going to hear a story in a second about a a father uh, who has been fighting that battle Mm -hmm. in Loudoun County, Virginia. One person against a system is difficult. But a triple braided cord is tougher to break. There's others like you. You know people in your community that think like you. Just get five or six of those dads together. We're not sending our kids to schools with masks anymore. Not doing it. Not happening. And then it'll be eight or nine. Then it'll be 10 or 11. Then it'll be 12 or 13. But that was the first step in what they did in Denver is they got together. They got together. See, that's why we've put that pledge out at stevedace.com is we're hoping to get be able to get people together. So I mentioned this incredibly tragic story, the the kinds of things that when we first began debating whether to give up safety for our wives, our moms, our daughters, our sisters in public restrooms a few years ago, uh, we would cite examples like this and be told, well, those are slippery slope arguments. You can't use them. You know, the reason that the spirit of the age hates slippery slope arguments, they're undefeated. That's why. And lo and behold, one family has been living this nightmare. It's not a slippery slope to them. Uh, It's a tragedy. Luke Rosiak has had the story over at the Daily Wire, a story that has gone viral. And Luke, it's a pleasure to have you with us here today on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Man, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So Luke, give us, for just in case there's anyone in our audience that has not heard about your story yet, even though this is all over alternative media at the moment, just give us sort of the elevator pitch at a meta level What's the story of what occurred in Loudoun County, Virginia? Well, there's a famous photograph of a man being arrested at a school board meeting. Um, You'd know it if you'd see it. You know this guy. He's been the face of so-called domestic terrorism, the angry, bigoted parents who are harassing teachers for no reason. Well, three weeks prior to that meeting, the school board meeting, there was a debate about transgender policy. Um, This guy's daughter was allegedly raped. And the student who raped her in a girl's bathroom happened to be wearing a skirt. So he showed up to that meeting. He'd never been to a school board meeting before, but for obvious reasons, he showed up. Um, At that meeting, the superintendent was asked by others about, you know, the risks of a potential bathroom transgender policy change. The superintendent said, we've never had any bathroom assault on in our in our records. Um, and so this dad is, you know, they're, 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 they seem to be lying. They're ignoring him. Uh, he's just concerned for his daughter. 
Um, and the meeting gets chaotic because a lot of people are mad at the way they're, the school board's treating them. Um, this guy winds up being arrested for disorderly conduct because a cop sees him like in a heated exchange of words with someone who's allegedly saying they didn't believe his daughter. Um, he winds up, you know, basically arrested for disorderly conduct. The prosecutor actually seeks jail time despite how minor the charges mm. are. Uh, and then fast forward to just a week ago, the kid... Uh, who did this to his daughter, allegedly, he was arrested again um, for assaulting a, another girl. So the, while the school system was denying that it had happened, uh, they had just transferred this kid to a new school. And so now here in Loudoun County, they've got their transgender policy that the Democrats on the school board wanted passed. Um, but unfortunately, two, two girls have been sexually assaulted and the school administrators concealed that from the community. Luke, I'm, I, with all due respect, and I appreciate your work, and, and I'm, I'm asking a question from a premise that I have felt quite a bit over the last year going after Fauci and COVID. I'm like, why am I finding out this stuff? What, what, what is everybody, where, where's, where's everybody at all these other media outlets, right? How, I mean, I'm just like doing Google searches, doing interviews, calling contacts, doing, you know, a few hours of research a day. So if I can do it, why can't everybody else? Why did Luke Rosiak get a story like this? And, and how come this has, it's still outside of alternative media, it's nowhere to be found? Well, I mean, you know, look, the media, no one asked this guy why he was mad. They wanted to use him and they put his picture in all the big papers and on CNN every so that, day. This is almost. a key point. So they know who this gentleman is. They have they have used him for their narrative. They are not unaware of 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 him and his and his outburst. So they're aware that something angered this gentleman. This is not starting from nothing with them. Right. Yeah, and there's so many crazy elements of this story, and that's one of them, is this guy was the face of the angry, bigoted, conservative parents are harassing teachers or school board members that, you know, the National School Board Association put out that letter likening parents to domestic terrorists, and they cited a bunch of examples in there, and he's in there. Um, and, you know, the, the, the you know, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, then, you know, basically <laughs> agreed to to meet some of the school board association's demands. And they, you know, this poor guy, I mean, he his pants were kind of coming down because the cops were dragging him. Mm-hmm. It was an embarrassing picture of him at his worst moment. And um, they no one asked to think why no one no one thought to ask why is why was he mad? Why did he show up to a school board meeting? And, and the reason is because. Everyone thought they already knew. He's a bigot. That's why he showed up. That's why people have concerns it's about school policy, is they're filled with hate. And that's what people were saying, the, some of the... Because, you know, Loudoun County is not a... It's not San Francisco. It must seem that way to people who hear about it on the media. What's interesting is it's a small cartel of far-left activists who are very vocal there. Um, but, you know, they thought they knew why he was here, and the media thought they knew why he was there. He's a bigot. That's why you show up to a transgender policy uh, meeting. And, and it's dehumanizing. And for that reason, because they thought they knew why he was there, because, you know, of all these, you know, things they ascribed to him, this caricature, this stereotype, no one thought to actually ask, hey, man, you were mad at that meeting. Why were you mad? And if they did, he would have told them, because my daughter was raped in school three weeks prior, and they denied it. How does this not violate, you know, we're very aware of these sorts of laws in our family and they do vary state by state, but my wife's a therapist, right? And so she has to be aware of mandatory reporting laws where we live here in the state of Iowa, for example, but every state has these. 
How does this just not on a prima facie level, how did the school district not violate every single mandatory reporting law that's ever been written in the history of mandatory reporting laws? Well, it seems like they had an SRO, like sort of like a rent-a-cop there, and they're claiming it's – they're being very cagey, and I'm going to have a story coming out today showing how even even now they're being dishonest and they're, they're putting contradictory statements out. No one would confirm any of this. They're acting – now they're trying to act like it wasn't a cover-up. I, I was trying for a long time to get this story out, and none of the officials would confirm it. They were still concealing it. Now my story is held up after 72 hours. There's a lot of the officials under great pressure because of my story mm-hmm. have now admitted, yeah, it's all true. Uh, but, y- you know, the... Um, uh, 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 what was your question again? <laughs> I mean, how did they not violate every single mandatory reporting oh, re- law? Yes, yes. Like, I why to isn't this criminal behavior? Yeah. Right. So they had the SROs and, and said, you know, I, I guess they the SRO they're claiming that that constituted telling the to police. But the, the, the father was, you know, showed up and got the sense that first of all, they told the father that it was a physical assault. And when right, he, got when he have to like, be on the sex offender re- registry then. Right. Well, well, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, actually, it wouldn't necessarily be a mandated reporter reported event if it was physical assault. Right, that's, that's really why they coded it that way. Yes, yeah. Um, and, and so he showed up, and he's like, "It's not a physical assault; it's a rape, and you're not going to handle a rape with a rent a cop. Uh, what are you going to give the kid detention? Excuse me." And so they wound up calling the cops on him, and the cops showed up for a report of an angry parent, and he demanded that they take it seriously, and they took the, they they all went together to the hospital and administered a rape kit. And, you know, sure enough, the, the, the results of that rape kit came back favorable to their case. And so the prosecutor now finally talked to the Washington Post and admitted, sure enough, the same dude did it in May. He did it again last week. Wow. We didn't tell you about it, but it's the same guy. Oh, and she's trying, she's having to explain why he was able to do it again. And she's like, yeah, you know, well, we were really the case. We needed that. Ev- we were waiting for the results of the rape kit to come back. And that was essential to getting a conviction. Well, what the father says, if he weren't there, they wouldn't have gotten that rape kit right. on that day. And if you don't get it right then, yeah. you know, you're not going to you're not going to get your conviction. And, and I think that, too, would have led to a case where they didn't have to report a rape uh, or, or at least it wouldn't have been official, undeniable rape because they didn't get a conviction and they didn't get a conviction because they didn't collect the evidence needed. And so the father was angry again, or this was the first time he was angry. But because of his anger, uh, they, they got the documentation necessary to pursue this case. And, you know, actually, he was scheduled to have pleaded guilty or, or uh, the case was looking like a con- they were going to get a conviction today, October 14th. Um, and, and, you know, it was on October 6th when this kid allegedly reoffended again. And obviously that's changed a lot of things with his criminal conviction. But, uh, yeah, they weren't, they weren't going to tell, uh, they, they didn't tell anyone when it was the same kid and they were trying to, they were telling the father actually that he's like under house arrest and things like that, but he was still in school. They just moved him to a different school. Look, this is obviously an extreme example, but it is still an example. So we've got this looming battle over control of school boards all over the country right now, right? Heading into school board elections and everything else. And you mentioned Merrick Garland. And if you don't want your kids uh, taught that uh, they're not apparatchiks, um, uh, then, uh, you know, you're a domestic terrorist. What would you say to parents around the country? They should understand about the culture of these districts and these school boards that they now want to influence towards their to towards their way of thinking on behalf of their children based off of the example that you have been covering here in Loudoun County Virginia 
You got to get involved. You've got to put the time in. You can't trust the PTA. The PTA is an adjunct of the schools um, and really the the teachers union. Even Um, you've got to be very skeptical. You've got to get things in writing. You've got to treat them almost like a lawyer. Assume everything they say is like a, a lawyer speaking to you using those legal tricks and loopholes. Try to really parse every word they're saying because they routinely mislead you. They routinely run these schools for the benefit of the employees or making the top people look good or to push a political agenda. Um, but you've got to put the time in. It's worth it. Um, honestly, the time that you know people spend thinking about how they feel about the president or Congress, take that time and spend it getting involved in your local school board affairs because you're going to make a much better, bigger difference uh, there. Uh, we've got enough people thinking about the president. You know, everyone's got an opinion. You can play a role in your school board. The reason these schools have been taken over is because most of us never showed up. Yep. And the people that did show up had some weird agenda that they cared about so much that that's what led them to spend those boring nights at long school board meetings. Um, but th- there is a tremendous amount of ideology in schools. Some of it they hide behind jargon. You might get confused. It's not because you're not smart. It's because they're trying to trick you or the jargon is just stu- it's just nonsense, you know, letters that are acronyms covering up stupid ideas. It will not take you long to be more competent than, you know, probably the school board member in your town who may have been on the th- on on it for a long time. Um, it's not just Loudoun County. I mean, I live in the Loudoun County area. I've broken a lot of stories that have gone national out of Loudoun, but that's just because where I—that's that's just where I happen to be. And there's some other media people too here. Uh, but it doesn't mean—and and Loudoun, I would say, is worse than the average school district, but not by a lot. The same phenomena that you're seeing in the news in places like Fairfax and Loudoun are happening in your school district. So so don't uh, have false confidence that all this bad stuff is happening somewhere else. It is almost certainly happening where you live. The good news is um, you're the cure. It's just it's time. It's getting involved. Unfortunately, we can't trust um, a lot of these school administrators uh, anymore. Very, very well said, Luke. Um, phenomenal work. And... Um, Thank you for what you did with this story, and uh, we are going to continue to follow your coverage of it. All right, brother? God bless. Take care. Great. Thank you, Steve. You bet. Um, You know, Luke wasn't here for the previous segment of the show, but I just felt like he basically just echoed what I just said last segment. You're not up against badass geniuses here. These aren't, you know, you're not the, the, the Hebrew spies coming back to see um, the, uh, the, the, the giants to conquer, to be slain in Canaan. These are idiots. Deprogrammed Marxist idiots. It's just the only thing they know how to do really good is just lie shamelessly. But they're not smarter than you. They're not tougher than you. They're not tougher than us. They're not smarter than us. And Luke pointed that out. But then he said what? But you've still got to go and confront them. That, that's what I'm trying to say here. We don't have to be Rocky, man, get in the eye of the tiger, man. Let's go back to the streets, start doing pull-ups on pipes. You don't have to even do one sit-up. History's won by those who show up. It's going to take more, though, than I clicked on a link. It's just going to take more than that. You have any thoughts quickly, real quick? 
that asked the question of Luke you wanted asked there at the end? Oh yeah, and then I got an answer that was all that and then some. Good. Wow. Because uh, I wanted. Thank you for that suggestion, by the way. You bet. To ask that question, because I think that is something audiences around the country need to hear. That yeah, that can happen where you live too. Mm-hmm. You bet. It's the. It is one Marxist stronghold structure, pretty much everywhere. Theology Thursday is next. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here at Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He is Aaron McIntyre. He's Todd Erzin, and you are you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You can access that by emailing us. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, where this morning you saw the return of hashtag Facebook approved takes. Hopefully you enjoyed those. You can also follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Look for me as well, uncensored on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. Uncensored clips of the show can be found at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show as well. That's rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. I should mention, Fauci and Booster is still out there. It's only a couple of bucks. Uh, it's the bonus chapter to our number one best-selling book, Fauci and Bargain, on how to push back against immoral and unethical vaccine mandates. We are still working on producing a hardcover version of that. As soon as I get more details on that, I will let you know. Also want to let you know, because I get peppered with questions about this, and I appreciate that, um, we will begin filming, barring some other unforeseen delay, um, we will begin filming the movie version of Nefarious in November, sometime between the mid November 16th and post Thanksgiving in Oklahoma city. We will begin filming Nefarious. Then we are working on casting the role of Nefarious as we speak. We have, we have offered the role of Nefarious to someone I don't think I should say who it is, just in case they don't take it, and then we get somebody later, and then I will tell you that the person we've offered it to, he's actually, I don't know if it's official or not, the second person we've offered the role to. We offered the role to somebody else earlier this summer, and maybe one day I'll tell you that story about what happened with that. I think they would like to hear that story about what happened with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... Sorry for the tease there. But uh, um, uh, this was a person that was on my original list when we first signed the deal with Believe Entertainment going on four years ago now to make Nefarious into a movie. And we had a very first, and they were deciding whether to make Nefarious first or Unplanned first, and they went with Unplanned. Uh, The very first initial list of people that I recommended that I thought could pull this off, this actor was on that list. So, um, I shouldn't probably say any more, but, uh, you know, I, I've heard from tons of you out there, you know, I don't want to get an update. We're praying for your movie. So we may know in, uh, in a relatively short amount of time, whether we have our nefarious or we got to go back to the drawing board. So if you are of the praying sort and you don't mind praying for that in and, in and about praying for far more important things going on in the world right now, I, I certainly will not be unappreciative. So thank you. Um, what else? Oh, 
If you are a podcast listener, please, uh, if you haven't done this already, leave us a five-star review. Uh, hit follow or subscribe on your podcast platform. Thousands of you have done those things for us already. Thank you very much to each and every one of you. Also, we've been telling you about Rough Greens for the longest time here on the show now. It is the supplement powder that you mix in with your pet's food. And with that one little act, you've probably put back into your pet's diet all the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, etc., likely stripped out of your pet's food before it ever left the factory for the same reason they stripped that stuff out of our food because they want it to last for mass production on the shelves for a long time. And that's why we're taking so many supplements these days. And now with Rough Greens, you've got a supplement for your pet, but you might be wondering what happens if my dog doesn't like it. Well, how about we find out together? We'll give you that first 14-day jumpstart bag for free. You pay for the shipping, so we've both got a little skin in the game here. But we will offer the bag for free to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in 14 days or less, and if they like it. If you want to give us a shot, roughgreens.com is where you can go. That's roughgreens.com. And again, all you pay is the shipping for that first bag, R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com, or give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. Again, that's 833-ROUGH-DOG. Um, I, I want to I say one more thing about how I open the program before we get to Theology Thursday. And I, I really want the men to hear this. Almost every email I have received telling me that what I'm suggesting in our in our pledge at stevedace.com won't work or we should have or we should use the official political channels. Almost every one of them is from men. In fact, I think every single one has been from a guy. I'll just say almost every one in case I've missed one. I'm getting, I get hundreds of emails a day, so I may have missed one. Almost every email I, I get from someone saying, I'm tired of you challenging us, shaming us, like it's up to us. Almost all of them are from men. Overwhelmingly, in fact, I just got several more. Sitting in my inbox right now. Most of them from women. Appreciative of it. Not all. But the ratio of women who like this and the ratio of men who complain is noticeable. Not universal, but it is noticeable. Correlation and causation don't always aren't always symbiotic, right? Right. But it sounds to me, man, like there's a lot of women out there, guys, that would like to see a man. Let me tell you what this culture is afraid of more than the forces aligned against us in this culture. Let me tell you what they're afraid of more than anything else that the men would rise up. Few things the devil fears more than one man with an open Bible and a pulpit and boldness and courage of conviction. Why have they sought to feminize the military? Why are they seeking to feminize the NFL? Why, 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 why? 
because they're afraid of the men. That's why. They're afraid of the men. Certainly not the men we are now, but the men we could be and have been in the past. They're afraid of the men. Where are the men? I think it's Thomas is the disciple who says to Jesus and John, show us the Father, Lord, and we will be satisfied. And Jesus says, hey, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Let me put a a civic cultural spin on that. Show me the men and I'll show you the culture. Show me the state of the men and I will show you the state of that culture. Our primary purpose as a species is to protect and defend. That is our primary purpose. Not our only one, not our only one, just like a woman's primary purpose is to nurture and to care. But is that their only purpose? No. No. Can they protect and defend too? Sure. But is, what's their primary purpose? To nurture and to care. Men can nurture and care too. But our primary purpose, that we are insufficient as a being if we do not fulfill on some level, is to protect and defend. To protect and defend. To protect and defend. I'll leave it there. Let's get to Theology Thursday. We're going to answer a question this week from Will. Will wrote, I recently had someone tell me they could not believe in a good God while three-year-olds are dying from cancer. I could easily respond by stating that the fault is really with mankind and the sin curse that causes death and suffering even among children. But I know that asking questions rather than just telling it like it is, is usually a better tactic to provoke thinking in situations like this. So I'm drawing a blank on good questions to respond with, though. What are your thoughts on this? Will, we are big fans on the show of asking questions as a general rule. Um, and, and, the, and, and one of the reasons, particularly in our era, Will, that it is so effective as a tactic is because part of conditioning the culture there's always there's always a, a fly in the in the ointment there's always a weakness in the matrix there's always a thermal exhaust port on the death star okay so the weakness of the spirit of the age is that in order to accomplish its mission its goals it had to remove the critical thinking component from the average person's epistemological framework. Because ultimately, if, I, if, if, it, if it left critical thinking in there, 
It, it couldn't reprogram critical thinking. It couldn't do it. Because eventually I'd ask questions like, how's, how's college free? The professors aren't getting paid? I don't understand. Right? Right. Okay. See, you can't reprogram critical thinking. You can't do it. This is why, this is why Steve Dace and Bill Maher and Andrew Sullivan and Glenn Beck, these guys with some different belief systems on things are all sounding very similar right about now. Why? Because all of the other philosophical structures that people with that people like us would have debated one another within have all been eroded to the to the point that the only structure left in the country now really is critical thinkers versus apparatchiks versus the programmed since we're since we're at a since we are at a base level that we are we have we have so eroded as a culture that we're basically down to do I even do I get to form my own thought on any level at all on anything or am I just a complete and total um, a tool of the state? This is, I mean, this is this is this is why Bible believing Christians are watching Dave Chappelle specials on Netflix. This is why, because all the other structure in the culture is gone. The last line here between this is like the scene in World War Z. When Brad Pitt's character visits Israel, they've built the massive wall that the zombies can't get over, all right? But the, and the, like this is the last place left on earth that still has the uh, because of that structure, that's the that is what's allowed Israelis to still largely live free while the rest of the world is in this zombie apocalypse. That is a great visual for what I'm talking about. Critical thinking is all that's left. The church has abrogated apologetics. Conservatism has abandoned pretty much all of its Buckley-esque, Russell Kirkian um, foundations and fundamentals. There's nothing left. It's really just down to, do I even get to American bro? That's what it is. Do I even get to American bro versus um, Das Vindanya comrades? That's all that's left now. And within that remaining, I guess we'll call it menagerie, I wouldn't quite call it a coalition, because I'm not sure how many of those folks would be proud to walk arm in arm with me or I with them in some cases, <laughs> all right? But here we are, politics making good or, or strange bedfellows, as Billy Shakespeare once prophesied. Within that, do I even get to American at all, bro, is a whole lot of different belief systems, man. But right now, they're not turning on each other like they would have in other eras, arguing who gets to have hegemony over the culture. Because there's an amorphous mob of zombies trying to climb this wall that are just all state-programmed, have no answers. Just, just bleeding sheep, man. That's all they are. And is what did you call it? Prideful ignorance or something? Is that what the Invincible phrase? Invincible ignorance. Invincible ignorance. They are proud of how ignorant they are. 
And so this is why Bible-believing Christians are watching Dave Chappelle specials. This is why I'm now tweeting out Bill Maher's closing commentary when I'm the guy he did religious about not too long ago, okay? This is where we are. The last structure left is critical thinking. And we need to understand that about the the culture that we're in, if we're going to impact it. In any culture, you want to evangelize it, you want to minister it, you need to know what, what's, what's the condition on the ground. you got to do some recon of the culture if, before you engage it in a spiritual war like you would if you were in a physical war, right? What am I walking my way into? And what you're walking your way into is a culture that's down to its last leg of individual autonomy. And that is, do I get to critically think for myself at all? And then when that's gone, it will be a completely and totally statist culture. So, a lot of the provoking questions we would ask evangelistically from a critical nature will wreck people. Wreck them. I saw this 10 years ago being on MSNBC. I just would ask questions like, Hey, can you guys raise your... I did this on a show once. Raise your hand if you've ever gotten a job from a poor person. Panel just kind of looked at each other. And I said, okay, I'm not a huge Mitt Romney fan myself. I mean, half the time you guys have me on here just because I can't stand him and you want to hear a conservative rip him. And since I can't stand him and I know he hates me, I'm fine doing it. But while I'm here, can you, can you tell me though, um, how then if all of your jobs came from rich people... How would we have more jobs by punitively punishing the only people capable of actually producing those jobs? Again, they just they just all look at each other. Why? Because it's just a it's a vat of talking points. That's that's it's a vat of talking points. I promise you, I've I've been into in this job, into the sanctums and lairs you guys don't even want to watch anymore, and neither do I for that matter. And one of the reasons I did it is because, you know, like that dude in Dirty Harry, I got to know. I, I had to know, is there something here I don't know? Like, I'm, I found it funny how many people thought Joe Rogan just wrecked Sanjay Gupta. I wasn't shocked at that at all. I was shocked that the, that the spirit of the age allowed Sanjay Gupta to be exposed like that. Why would you put him on Rogan's show? Because I had no shot. Because Rogan's a critical thinker. Sometimes his critical thinking leads him to drop in 75 MFers and smoking weed every day, but he's still a critical thinker. He's not going to let you BS him. Why did they ever think that was going to go over well? I mean, that's why they put, you know, Joe, that's why they've been trying to mock Joe Rogan and dismiss him. I mean, I think that's like an act of God for Joe Rogan to get a direct engagement with, with a pure apparatchik of the spirit of the age like that. And you saw with just critical questions, it wrecked him. So from an evangelistic construct, the bad news is critical thinking is largely gone from the people we, we need to reach. And the good news is critical thinking is largely gone from the people we need to reach. For example, I'll give you, let me give you some examples. That's it. Hey, have you, have you ever, ever thought that it's kind of cruel for gravity to take hold of a child that falls 
out of a chair or out of a car and falls and bangs his head and maybe kills himself. Have you ever thought, maybe I just, because that poor, because, because gravity did that to that poor unsuspecting child, I'm just, I'm just going to stop acknowledging gravity. I'm going to live my life as if gravity doesn't exist. I mean, who would, who would want to follow a law of gravity that would permit something like that to happen to such a poor, unsuspecting child? I, I just, I will no longer acknowledge the law of gravity. I mean, they're going to look at you like we're on the third commercial break to hee-haw, okay? Well, I've been, di- I had a, I, you know, somebody at a church was a hypocrite once and lied to me once and betrayed me once. Man, that's terrible. Anybody from the opposite sex ever done that? Ever broken your heart, made you feel terrible? Oh, really? So, man, you've been celibate, celibate all these years, right? Man, you've got a hell of a lot more self-restraint than I do, bro. Props. Oh, you haven't been celibate? You went back and tried another member of the opposite sex? Weird. Huh. I mean, if the standard is, if anybody is a hypocrite or disappoints me or lies to me or hurts me, then they're totally out. And I don't offer them a second glance or chance at all. Anybody, any institution, anybody representing said institution doesn't, then, then, then why didn't you just give up on chicks? There's no critical thinking here happening. And I think that actually presents us a tremendous opportunity. Because that, it's, it's like a stove, a gas stove, where the, the structure is still there, but the pilot light is out, right? Sure. So you got some, so in the old days, you know, the gas stoves we grew up with, the old man had to get on his, get on, you know, on his belly and with a right. lighter and light the, light the pilot to make it go again. We get to light that pilot. I mean, they're still made in the image of God. They're fully equipped to critically think. It's just a vestigial organ. It's dead. But that, that gas stove's still there. We get to be the ones now that walk in there, get on our bellies with the cigarette lighter and light the pilot and welcome, into, welcome them into a whole new world of question asking. This is what we call sometimes in conservative media, somebody being red-pilled. But there's a, there's a larger evangelistic application to this too. They were made to critically think. God left us his word without pulling any punches at all about what we are capable of and what he has to do in response to that, what, he, what links he went to because of what we're capable of. No punches are pulled in that book. Fair? Fair. None are. It was written and preserved for critical thinkers. We're made for critical thinking. We're made for it. We were created for it. God wants relationship with his creation, not automaton robotic obedience, faithful relational obedience, because we love you. That's why we do it. So we were made for this. But a lot of the people we have to reach have been commissioned and programmed and conditioned to turn that, just turn that switch off. We can turn it back on. And so asking the kinds of critical questions, Will, that you're talking about and turning it around, hey, how would you know what a good God is? How would you even know? Where's your definition of good come from? 
Remember those days when we were doing the judicial retention election? We were just the local show. Yeah. And I'd bring the attorneys or people on for the other side and ask them questions like, hey, what's the law? Remember those shows? Yeah. What, what, what do you think the law comes from? How would you know what the law is? Oh, okay. So you think the court, okay. So what happens if one court says the law is one thing and another court says the law is another? Who settles that dispute? Well, the Supreme Court does. Okay, what happens if the Supreme Court doesn't take the case? What happens if the Supreme Court says one thing's a law, Congress says another thing's a law, the president says another thing's a law? I mean, we used to think separate but equal was the law, right? Mm-hmm. We used to think slavery was a law. Mm-hmm. Should we have just followed the laws? I mean, we used to think gas and juice was the law. Should we just follow the law? Just start asking critical questions like that. I've, I've used this analogy before, but it's been a long time, so let me use it again. In, in, in older eras, believers were the jury box of this culture. And so what would happen is, whether it's the two political parties or different belief systems, but within our Overton window, what the Judeo-Christian moral framework of the country was willing to permit for public consumption... Different sides of that Overton window, on one side of the window pane, on the left-hand side, and on the right-hand side, they would get together, sometimes we'd call them elections or trials, all right? But we were the people they were pitching to. And we would be the ones like Commodus and Gladiator. We're in the center of the arena giving the thumbs up, the thumbs down. We're the ones rendering the verdict here. We're the majority. And the culture was inspired by us, and institutions are bathed and created in our image, and we are their heirs. Therefore, you must come, we're the jury, you come and convince us which way to go as a people. Those days are gone now. We're not in the jury box anymore. We're one of the, we're one of the, of the attorneys. We actually have to present the case now. One of the major mistakes we make is that we allow our witnesses to get called up to the witness stand for cross-examination over and 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 over. That's why I cannot believe the spirit of the age let Sanjay Gupta go on Joe Rogan's show. That's why we'd never get Sanjay Gupta on this show. If I could get Anthony Fauci on this show, I would make the deal. This will be the last show I'll ever do in my whole career if I could get Anthony Fauci one-on-one for two hours. And then I'm good, I'm done. I wouldn't even study the night before. I wouldn't do any extra work. Nothing. I'm confident I would absolutely annihilate him. Why? Because one of us is lying to you and the other guy's name is Steve. I don't have to know a damn thing about epidemiology. I just have to be able to smell his BS. It's okay to have the other side take the witness stand and get to cross-examine them they're really good when it's one-sided at deconstructing what they think are the fallacies or weaknesses of our belief system force them to show what they think are the strengths of theirs and you're going to find there's no there there nothing i promise you there's nothing there and so the asking of critical questions Cross-examining them. Now, know the sheep from the wolves. The wolves don't want to know. So you're going to cross-examine them in a way to expose them as a wolf, right? You need everybody to know that's a wolf there. Stay away. 
But then the sheep, they just don't know. So you're going to cross-examine them in a way to wake them up. To get them to see, wow, the matrix sucks. To red pill them, if you will. So there's different methods of cross-examination for a wolf and a sheep. We confront wolves, we feed sheep. So we don't, we don't cross-examine the sheep to crush them. We do it in a way that we want to awaken them, win them over. The wolf we want to crush. Because there are many sheep without, as Augustine said, but many wolves within. You guys want to add to that? I think in either case, though, there's one thing. Make sure you get a fundamental anchor that you can keep coming back to. In this case, just because bad things happen, does that mean good can't even exist? Take God out of the equation. There you go. And if you can get them to acknowledge right then and there, well, that's silly. Well, your conversation all the way through, no matter where it goes, just got a lot easier because you can keep coming to that right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the question basically posed comes down to why would a good God allow evil? That's basically what's what's being, how would you know what is good if not for evil? Right. How would you know what's evil if not for good? Are, are you saying that there is no evil or good, that we're all just, a, like, that's not a world that I want to live in, where there is no good or no evil. John Lennon might, I don't. John Lennon doesn't live in that world anymore because evil showed up on his doorstep and shot him to death in cold mm-hmm. blood. Yep. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine that happening. Three non-political questions are next. I, I saw this line in my uh, my my suggested script to talk about Tommy John, the only underwear I wear anymore, which is because it's absolutely fantastic. Fall is chaos in your pants. You're overheating one second and freezing the next. Is that not true? Yeah. Like I, you get up this morning, you've got the windows open because I love this time of year. You, you sleep so good with the cooler air, right? You get up though and start moving around. It's freaking freezing in your house. But then you come home and the, so it's 45, 50 when you get up. It's 75 when you get home, right? So you got like the ceiling fans on. So yeah, it, it, it can be chaos. Uh, you're sweating one second, freezing the next. Be ready for everything. When you've got underwear that can handle everything from Tommy John underwear. When you order and from Tommy John, start your day off with the most comfortable underwear you've ever, ever had. Uh, breathable, lightweight. Um, it absorbs moisture four times the stretch of competing brands. And that's why they don't have customers at Tommy John. They have fanatics. I mean, hey. A couple years ago, they came to us wanting to see about sponsoring the show. They gave me three sample pair. I could not believe how good they were. I can't tell. I mean, I've bought at least 15, 20 pairs since. They're absolutely fantastic. If you want to try them now, uh, it's the best pair you're ever going to wear, or it's free guaranteed. Find out why they've got 16 million fanatics for Tommy John underwear. And yes, ladies, they've got uh, for you as well. Uh, right now, get 20% off your first order if you've never tried Tommy John before. 20% off your first order when you go to TommyJohn.com slash Steve. That's TommyJohn.com slash Steve. Get 20% off at TommyJohn.com slash Steve.
All right, it's time for three non-political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? Question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on the Steve Day Show. Well... Not sure why I started that sentence with well. It's time for three non-political questions, hopefully giving us a little bit of levity, a break from the demise and fall of Western civilization, because what's a radio, television, podcast show if you can't laugh a little bit? Or cry, depending on how bad these questions are. Question number one, what's the best or your favorite stand-up comedy bit you've ever heard? Who's the best stand-up comedian in your estimation? Wow. Um, I heard, I spoke at an event, it's actually where I got COVID, uh, in South Dakota back in May called uh, Fight, Laugh, Feast, or was it Fight, Fight, Feast, Laugh, Fight, Feast, Laugh, Fight, Feast, Feast, Laugh. Easy for me to say. I only spoke there. And I wish I could remember this gentleman's name. He did a routine with the three little pigs. That is one of the funniest and most brilliant things I've ever seen in my entire life. It was so good. Um, as a as a Christian comedian, I wish I could. I, I wish I could remember his name. I'd give him credit. Um, I've not been a big comedy guy for the last 10, 20 years. I couldn't tell you who like. You know, Dave Chappelle predates that with his TV show. I mean, a lot of it is just, you know, random acts of senseless vulgarity. I need my vulgarity to have a purpose. All right. So <laughs> I'm okay with purposeful vulgarity. Just the senseless variety just doesn't do anything for me. Um, I thought the first, the first DVD that conservative comedian Brad Stein did called Put a Helmet On. I almost, I mean, it, it, it was pee yourself funny on, on in several places. I, I keep thinking there's something obvious I'm missing from a comedy standpoint. Do you have anything in mind that you want to go with? Okay, so it, oh, maybe yeah. I'll maybe I'll think about it. Go ahead. Well, you say his greatest comedian and then greatest bit. Yep. Is that well? There's listen, uh, Robin Williams. It, by comedians, he's just like a tour of a force. Like, yeah, I just couldn't think of a singular like, yeah. thing, though. But yes, yeah, I agree uh, with you. Yeah. More and more for this day and age, it's obvious that how relevant he was. And he's he's before our time in many ways. We were just too young to... But George Carlin is clearly just like yeah. a, a prophet now. George Carlin would be Bill Maher now. Yeah. Fair? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wondering why he's got all this Christian conservative support suddenly for his act. Yes. Right, yeah. and uh, a, a bit, a very funny one, and this has to do with the dude code. Uh, Bill Burr, right now, he's he's. Now he, I know him from from the Mandal- he, he, Mandalorian. Yes, I don't know him oh, as a comedian. Oh my though. goodness, yeah. he's a riot! And then, now there's a lot of a lot of cussing, um, but oh, he's a genius, and he does this bit about on being on, on an airplane, and they face some like really really bad turbulence, and he talks about this one guy who is like shrieking like a little girl and he's like 
and he basically does a riff on a dude code. He's like, listen, were all of us feeling that, uh, that inside? Yes. But if you're a guy on this plane, you shove that stuff deep, deep down. <laughs> and he's, and it's a, he's absolutely right. Uh, so there, and that was one of the, the bits most recently where I'm just, you know, in tears laughing, but he's, He's got a lot of different stand-up, and he's really, really funny. He's 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 very much in line with Dave Chappelle. He just doesn't care, and he's not a he makes fun of Christians uh, and, and religion too. Uh, but he he and he makes you uncomfortable. But he's not out there just to be mean spirited either, quite frankly. So um, a lot of good stuff. I would say my favorite comic stand-up co- comedian is uh, Brian Regan. Very clean guy. All the all his comedy is clean, hilarious. I would say my my favorite stand up bit is probably Jim Gaffigan's thing on Disney World. Um, it's it's hilarious. The dryness. I love dry humor. In case you couldn't figure that out from listening to me for two seconds, I, I love dry humor. Jim Gaffigan's bit on on Disney World is is perfect. All right, before we get to question two, I mean, I could come up with all kinds of classic Chris Farley's and. You know, I mean, to me, I I just kind of, there were so many I could come up with that. So I tried to come up with something a little bit more contemporary. But uh, uh, question two brought to you by our friends over at Omega XL. If you are struggling with chronic pain, this is not the pain from, oh man, uh, I did something wrong at the gym and yanked my back. You might need to have that looked at by a professional. Uh, No, we mean the, the chronic lingering soreness, achiness, stiffness that just won't go away. Chances are that's inflammation causing that chronic Stiffy, stiffness, achiness, soreness in your body. So attack it with an all-natural anti-inflammatory backed by 35 years of clinical research and um, going on two years of usage by yours truly. It's called Omega XL. It attacks the inflammation causing your chronic pain. And if you want to give it a shot today, they're offering buy one bottle, get a second one for free. You can buy one bottle, get a second one for free when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or just call them at 800-844-4888. Question number two, who are the two worst starting quarterbacks in NFL history? And uh, they had to have played for at least three quarters of a season. Started for at least three quarters. Joey Harrington. I knew you were, I knew that was going to be your yeah, first it, one. I mean, Joey Harrington was really bad. Yeah. Um. And I'm going to say Ryan Leaf. And the reason I'm going to say the latter is there was absolutely all self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. All self-inflicted, um, had every physical trait. Um, this isn't, you know, some of the other great quarterback flops of all time, the Achilles Smiths of the world. Uh, this is a guy that picked up a Washington State program from ground zero and took him to the first Rose Bowl since like 1840 or something. Uh, was a truly, was a force of nature. There was a legitimate debate within the Colts front office about whether to draft him or Peyton Manning, and there was a lot of controversy about it at the time. Yeah. I don't think people realize that, okay? Um, there was no excuse for him not to be a dominant player. He had run a pro system. He had everything, all the things that typically are the reasons why guys, uh, they looked the part but didn't have the production, or they played in a, in a, they were a system quarterback and then got in the NFL. Nope, 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 none of that. He literally is out of, if you went into a lab and drew up, what should a quarterback look like? How should they play? You go watch highlights of Ryan Leaf in 1997 for the Washington State Cougars, and it's going to look a hell of a lot like that, okay? 
And so that it, to me is, is, is the greatest waste of NFL talent at the position in my lifetime. So I'm going to, I'm going to choose that one. Uh, for the same reasons. Uh, what, what is it? Jamarcus Russell? Yep. Yep. And, uh, kind of a poor man's version of Ryan leaf. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, this is a little bit of a stretch, but he deserves it. Johnny Manziel. Uh, yeah. You can make it. You can make it. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, uh, Jamarcus Russell. My other one was, um, Matt Leinart, especially considering what he came into the league with and That's the uh, pedigree. I mean, came in with. Joey Harrington was on the only team in the history of the NFL to draft a wide receiver in the first round three years in a row. But on third and eight, all they could do was check down to the fullback, Corey Schlesinger. All right. So. No, that was legit. Joey, Joey checked I knew down. That, I knew that was going to be yeah. your choice, but it's still legit. Okay. Oh, oh got one more. Thank you. We're going to the next question. Hey, uh, make sure you're prepared for the next time it couldn't happen here. Goes down here. Did you hear that the Biden White House is now saying? Hey, heads up. Heating is going to cost 54% more this winter. Building back better, huh? How's that going? Nice. We're, guys, we are five minutes away from heads up. Going to be 54% less food than we had last winter. I mean, that we're heading that way, folks. So make sure you're prepared just in case we are. And it's not tongue-in-cheek, but it's our new normal. Uh, check out our friends over at My Patriot Supply. Their four-week emergency survival food stays fresh for up to 25 years with proper storage. So you're good to go if it goes down, all right? And if you act now, you can save $50 on a four-week emergency food supply from My Patriot Supply for both you and everybody in your family. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, even snacks. More than uh, 2,000 calories a day. No one will go hungry if you take advantage of this with My Patriot Supply, make sure you're prepared. You've got the peace of mind you're looking for. Preparewithdace.com. Again, go to preparewithdace.com. This final question might be a little bit of a, uh, a brain teaser. What's the last newly released album that you went out and physically purchased on some sort of physical media, CD or otherwise? I imagine it's CD. So this would be, we're talking mainstream music, obviously? Yep. Okay. Uh, Stain's debut album. What year was that? Like 2001. Wow. That's yeah. the last time you bought a newly released album yeah. on physical media. For myself? Yep. Yeah. 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 You know, like, like, you know, I bought like Hannah Montana CDs for the girls when sure. they were little. Okay. But for myself, yes, the last one I bought was Stain's debut album. Actually, it might be like 2002, 2003, somewhere in there. Somewhere in the early 2000s. And... You know, then I then I, then a conversion happened, and I got up one morning about a year later, with this completely badass CD collection that I used to take a lot of pride in. Okay, uh, of hundreds and hundreds of CDs, and realized something just told me I don't really need to own most of these anymore, and a lot of this is just self-loathing junk. So that was the last mainstream CD that I bought, and now right isn't isn't the lead singer of Stain now the guy that's out there doing the anti-COVID stand songs and stuff now? I don't know. Isn't that who it's, it's, it's Aaron something is his name, I believe. But yeah, I think that's what he's doing now. So we've come full circle. Yes. I have no memory. I I can't even tell you. I don't. It's been so long since I bought a CD. The one bought for me and not many are bought for me. Blake Shelton's recent country album was bought for me Mm -hmm. by my kids. But I, I don't know, man. 
I can't even remember the last time other than that CD I listened to a CD. I mean, do people even buy physical music anymore? In my defense. They don't buy CDs. They do buy records now. Okay, all right, so records are... I did know... Well, you know, they tried to make vinyl kind of come back in the late 90s. Pearl Jam tried to do that and some others and it didn't take. So vinyl's totally back in now? That's what I see. I mean, okay. you go to Barnes & Noble and there's a huge selection of, of new music on vinyl now. So. so your generation, just way too convenient to have everything at your fingertips digitally. You just decided, we got to go back to vinyl and make this a little bit more difficult. We do kind of want a, well, a record player. Yeah. It is a little bit more of a pure form of, of listening to music, what does, though. Because it's mean? not compressed. But what does that mean? Because you're the tech. I don't even it, understand what you just said to me. It, the, the, the idea is that it's uncompressed. It's also just... Novel, dude. That's the no, main it's, thing. Does it sound yeah. by compressed? Like I've heard people say, so it most of the songs better on, on the record. Yeah. Like, is that actually true? It can be if you have a good enough quality, but you're still always going to have the inf- interference from the the needle on the on the record uh, player, and unless that's super sensitive and and your record is super clean, then you know basically one play through your record hmm. is going to be great. This is weird. You and I lived through records when we were little, eight tracks. Yeah. And then we got to be teenagers and cassettes were the rage. And then CDs come out, right? Yes. And with every one of these, we actually thought the music sounded better with every single one of these innovations. That's Yeah. And now suddenly that they've reached the apex of making it sound better, their generation now wants to go back and make it sound like records actually sound better. Right. Doesn't that just sound weird to you? Are we, are we now really just getting old? I'm just pretending I care right now. Because sh- sh- shouldn't we be the ones like, well, the records were better, right? Right. We're actually the ones that are like, why would you want to listen to records when you have quadraphonic digital media? Well, why would you want to do that? See, now Apple is actually catching up with that. On their Apple Music subscription service, you can actually download or just play uncompressed music now. They're, they're finally... Hmm. They're finally offering that. Do you remember the first CD? I think I've told you guys before. I bought them together. The first two CDs I ever bought were Big Daddy Kane, It's a Big Daddy Thing, and Journey's Greatest Hits. I know you love that story. Do you remember that? (laughs) It's true, too. Over at Musicland at Southridge Mall in Des Moines, Iowa, my junior year in high school, those were the first two CDs I ever bought. All right? Oh, Um, Southridge Mall. Yes. What about you? Do you remember the first CD you ever bought? No, I'm sure it was a Greatest Hits album of some kind, I bet. Just remember, as Big Daddy Kane once said, Pimpin' Ain't Easy. But it is necessary. All right. I'm not going to tell you the story of the first CD I tried to buy. I'll tell you that off the air. Um, for me, Mama, Mama McIntyre might be listening. <laughs> so much shame. <laughs> that's funny. Wow, that's a good guess. Uh, for me, the last uh, newly released album that I bought on the on physical media was the CD 2008 Coldplay Viva La Vida. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I could see that too. Yeah. yeah. That's it for three non-political questions. All right. So for the overtime, we're going to stick around right after today's show. We're going to give you a preview as a Blaze TV subscriber of what I'm going to be releasing on Twitter later today, that we are reaching the tipping point here with COVID and vaccines. I'll explain it all in the overtime today. BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you can go to watch that later today and also become a subscriber at a discounted rate at BlazeTV.com slash Dace. Until then... We'll be back again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.